this podcast deals with true crime. I will be speaking frankly and openly about crimes such as murder, rape, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Friday, October 27, 1989. George Bush Sr. was the President of the United States. The number one song in the country was I Miss You Much by Janet Jackson. Look Who's Talking was the number one movie in theaters. And the Oakland A's beat the San Francisco Giants in Game 3 of the World Series. However, there is another much darker event that happened on this day. In the quaint little suburb of Bay Village, Ohio, 10-year-old Amy Mahalovic was abducted from a shopping center not far from her home. As the investigation into her disappearance went along, police learned a strange series of circumstances surrounding the young girl's abduction. And now, almost 30 years later, the case remains unsolved. Tonight, on the True Crime Truckers podcast, I bring you the case of Amy Mahalovic. Bay Village is a western suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. As of the last census, it has a population of roughly 15,000 people. I grew up about 40 miles east of Bay Village. Although I was only 8 years old at the time, I remember vividly watching as the events of this story unfolded. It was the first time I really remember hearing a story about a child abduction. Although I grew up in an era post-Adam Walsh, it was still a time where parents didn't worry about children playing outside till the streetlights came on. For that generation of children that lived in the greater Cleveland area, this case stole a bit of our innocence. A crisis can unite a community. That's what happened when 10-year-old Amy Mahalovic was abducted from a mall in Bay Village, Ohio. Citizens of the town raised a $60,000 reward and sent hundreds of letters to us asking for your help in bringing the abductor to justice. Amy Renee Mahalovic was born December 11, 1978, in Little Rock, Arkansas. Her parents were Margaret McNulty and Mark Mahalovic, who were originally from West Allis, Wisconsin. Amy's father worked for General Motors, and in 1984, his job was what brought them to the Cleveland area. Her mother got a job as a receptionist for the Trading Times magazine. Amy had a brother, Jason, who was two years older. Amy went to Bay Village Middle. She was a somewhat tomboyish fifth grader who loved horses. 
If you grew up in Northeast Ohio, at that time, you probably can still remember her face. Her slightly open-mouthed smile, capped off by her high and rounded cheeks, dark eyes, and shoulder-length brown hair, done up in a sideways ponytail. Amy and her brother live close enough to the school that they often rode their bikes, which they did on October 27, 1989. It had been unusually warm that week. Amy got out of school around 2 p.m. Her brother got out an hour later. Normally, Amy would ride her bike home and wait for her brother to return. Their mother would get home from work around 5. However, this Friday would be different. On this day, instead of going home, Amy went a quarter mile down the street to the Bay Village Shopping Plaza. It was a popular hangout spot for young kids. She chit-chatted with friends and went back and forth between the Baskin-Robbins and the barbershop. But mostly, according to witnesses, she spent most of her time twirling around the poles that lined the outside of the shopping center. All in all, Amy was at the Bay Village Shopping Center for about an hour, when all of a sudden she heard a voice. Amy? She turned to see a man. He put his arm around her shoulder and bent down, whispering something into her ear. With that, the man led her away through the parking lot. And just like that, Amy Mahalovic was gone. Jason arrived home a little after 3 o'clock. When he came in the house, he noticed that Amy was not home. He called his mother, Margaret, at work to tell her that Amy had not returned from school yet. Margaret became concerned and decided to leave work early. Just as she was getting ready to leave, the phone rang. It was Amy. Margaret asked Amy where she was and why she hadn't come home yet. Amy told her mother that she was at choir tryouts. They talked for a couple of minutes, but Margaret got the distinct feeling that something wasn't quite right. Amy was answering in short one to two word responses. Margaret decided to leave work and head home. When Margaret arrived home around 4.30, Jason was there, but Amy was not. Jason said that Amy still had not returned home. Margaret decided to drive to Bay Middle School to see if Amy was still there. When she got there, she didn't find Amy, but what she did find was Amy's blue and white bike still locked up to the bike rack outside of school. Margaret then decided to go directly to the police station. Eerily, 
the police station was directly across the street from the Bay Village Shopping Center. To the credit of the Bay Village Police Department, they immediately treated Amy Mahalovic's case as a kidnapping. They were able to get her picture out on the evening news that night. What the police were unaware of, but they would soon find out, is that right at the estimated time of Amy's abduction from the Bay Village Shopping Center, the Bay City Police were having a department group photo taken. That means that when the kidnapper was taking Amy from right across the street, every police officer in the Bay Village area was at the police station at that very moment. Amy, if you can hear me, you do anything you can to contact an officer of the law or call us at home. Almost immediately, Bay Village police received assistance from the FBI. A lot of agents for the FBI have homes in Bay Village, so the case became personal for them. In an era where jurisdiction disputes and bureaucratic red tape abound, this case was the exception that proves the rule. They set up a base of operations in the basement of the Bay Village Police Department. Local volunteers had a base of operations on the second floor. Search parties were formed, and missing posters distributed. The investigators followed the usual pattern of starting with the family and working their way out. They were quickly able to eliminate Amy's parents as suspects. It's when they started interviewing friends of the family that they got a chilling detail. Interviewing one of Amy's friends, it was learned that she went to the shopping center to meet someone. The police learned that days before Amy's kidnapping, her abductor had been calling her on the phone. He told Amy that he worked with her mother and that her mother just recently had gotten a promotion. Amy's mother, in fact, had gone from part-time to a full-time position. So Amy may have taken this as meaning that she had gotten a promotion. The caller said that her co-workers wanted to get her mother a gift, but they weren't sure what she would like. He asked Amy if she would go with him and help him pick out the gift. Since it was a surprise, he asked Amy not to tell anyone. They agreed to meet at the Bay Village Shopping Center after school on Friday. I always taught um, my children all of the uh, safety rules. Uh, you don't talk to strangers. If someone stops and asks for directions, you stand on the opposite side of the sidewalk. Don't go near the car. Knowing Amy as I do, she wouldn't do anything 
without asking permission except for trying to please me. Unfortunately, it's that love, that trust, that caring that was her downfall. Further interviews of friends uncovered two schoolmates of Amy's that saw her leaving the shopping center with a man. At the time, they believed that this man was Amy's father. The police were able to come up with two composite sketches of the suspect. He was described as a white male, between 30 to 35 years of age, approximately 5'8 to 5'10, medium build, dark brown hair, possibly wearing round glasses and a tan jacket. Margaret slept next to the phone. News reporters swarmed Bay Village trying to interview the family, police, or anyone claiming to be close to the Mahalovic family. Halloween came and went, then Thanksgiving, followed by Amy's 11th birthday. Her family threw a birthday party for the missing girl. Then Christmas and New Year's. February 8th, 1990, 104 days after Amy went missing. This day, like the day she was kidnapped, was unusually warm. A young woman is jogging her normal route in Ruggles Township, Ohio. Ruggles Township is a small farming community in Ashland County, about 50 miles south of Bay Village. As the young woman was traveling down County Road 1181, she saw something she hadn't ever noticed before. In a wheat field, about 20 feet up from the western side of the road, at first she thought that someone was playing a trick on her and had placed a dollar mannequin there. When she got closer to investigate, she realized it was no doll. Late this afternoon, the Cuyahoga County Coroner confirmed that a body found by a jogger this morning on a remote Ashland County road is that of Amy Mahalovic. The jogger ran to the nearest farmhouse, the Ashland County Sheriffs were contacted. Within hours, the scene was swarming with police and FBI. What was in that field was the body of a young girl, wearing light green sweats. It was the same outfit Amy was wearing when she was kidnapped. The body was taken to the coroner's office, while law enforcement gathered every piece of trash and debris up and down the county road. Later that afternoon, they used fingerprints and dental records to positively identify the body as that of 10-year-old Amy Mahalovic. The Cuyahoga County Coroner's Office examined the body 
That body has been positively identified as that of Amy Mahalovic. It certainly isn't what we were all and every one of you two were hoping for. The Ashland County Coroner performed an autopsy. Initial investigation determined that Amy's body was dumped there not long after her abduction. Since she was kidnapped in late October and found in early February, the winter had slowed decomposition. The contents of her stomach, which at first were determined to be some sort of a soy meat alternative, was later determined to be the spaghetti she ate for lunch at school. They also determined that Amy's body had been redressed. Blood on her underwear and subsequent examination determined that she had been sexually assaulted. Broken fingernails told investigators that she had fought off her attacker. They were able to pull partial DNA from under her fingernails. Amy was struck hard in the back of the head with a blunt object. Cause of death was exsanguination. She had two stab wounds on the left side of her neck, one lacerating her carotid artery. She bled out slowly, taking an estimated 30 minutes. They found tan fibers on the body, which were later identified as carpet fibers from a 75 to 78 GM model car. The sounds of rural Ashland County warn of a passing train, a tragedy averted. The sights along County Road 1181 warn of a tragedy committed. White ribbons have been strung in memory of Amy Mahalovic. Amy's body was discovered right alongside 1181 last week. The ground has been scraped by investigators for soil sample analysis. Another portion is covered with flowers left by shock residents who now have more personal reasons to help in finding Amy's killer. The news, although not the outcome everyone was hoping for, was a bit of closure to Amy's family. Her remains were cremated, and she was buried in Highland Memorial Park in New Berlin, Wisconsin. For almost 30 years, this is the limbo that the case has been left in. There have been some developments every few years. In 2005, it was revealed that the killer may have taken souvenirs of the crime. These items include a pair of turquoise horsehead earrings, a black leather binder with a gold clasp that says Buick, best in class, Amy's ankle-high riding boots, which had silver studs going up the side, a denim book bag with red piping, and a white windbreaker. Down there in the paint. The red X is the blanket. They're 14 feet apart from each other. 
In 2016, the Bay Village Police held a press conference displaying a blanket and a homemade curtain. These items were found a few hundred feet from Amy's body. They were able to match the hairs on both of these items with those of Amy's dog. They believe that the killer wrapped her body in this to conceal it. One of the statements Amy made uh, was that uh, that she was going to run for president, but she didn't want to be president because only men should be president, but she would be vice president, she said. Uh, always think of Amy on her birthday for sure, because what would she look like at age 33? And how many grandchildren would I have? It's always a question mark that will never be uh, answered. As far as the Mahalovic family, this event shaped their lives in different ways. Mark and Margaret were having problems before the kidnapping. They divorced in 1991. Mark went on to remarry in 1995. Him and his second wife still live in the Cleveland area. Jason grew up and went to college. He married and lives near Akron. Margaret co-founded the Community Fund for Assisting Missing Youth. In the first two years, the program taught 47,000 children about the dangers posed by strangers. She became the public face for the family. However, she was never able to move on. She moved to Las Vegas in 2000. Margaret McNulty died from complications from alcoholism on September 29, 2001. She was 54. She was taken to West Berlin, Wisconsin, where her remains were buried on top of Amy's, protecting her in death from a world she couldn't in life. This case hangs over Northeast Ohio, hiding in the recesses until a new story brings it back out into the light. I have my own opinion of who I think is responsible. I won't name him here, but it's not hard to find out about him. I believe that the killer is still alive. He is anywhere from 60 to 70 years of age. I believe that he does look similar to the composite sketch. It had come out that there had been similar phone calls to girls around Amy's age in the Northeast Ohio area around the time of her abduction. I believe that this man tried as many young girls as he could until he convinced one to meet him. I don't believe he set out to murder. I believe molestation was the ultimate goal. His calls in the day beforehand were his attempt at grooming Amy a tactic used by pedophiles. I think that when Amy realized that they weren't going to the mall to pick out a gift for her mother, that she fought her kidnapper. I believe in the struggle that he struck her on the back of the head, and that this caused him to panic and decide to ultimately murder Amy. This was more than likely his only murder. 
However, I am convinced that he has assaulted other children. He probably worked or volunteered somewhere where he would be close to children. Also, it wouldn't have just been girls he would have abused. Amy was a prepubescent girl. What is generally known about pedophiles that target prepubescent children is that gender is not a motivator. It is more the body type, which at that time is quite similar for boys and girls. I expect that if he wasn't charged with these types of crimes, that rumors about him would have circulated. He would have been acting strange around the time that Amy was kidnapped, and after her body was discovered. If you have any information on the abduction and murder of Amy Mihaljevic, Call the Cleveland branch of the FBI at area code 216-522-1400 or contact the Bay Village Police Department at area code 440-871-1234. I would like to thank a few people. First and foremost, my wife for supporting my crazy idea to start a true crime podcast. James Renner for taking the time to answer the questions of a fledgling podcaster. I highly recommend his book, Amy, My Search for Her Killer, Secrets and Suspects in the Unsolved Murder of Amy Mihaljevic. Tom Cusick for the amazing true crime trucker logo. I love it. And last but not least, Angel and Nikki from the Color Me Dead podcast. They were kind enough to answer all my questions on how to get a podcast started, and have been super supportive through this whole process. From the bottom of my heart, thank you all. You can contact me at truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com or join the Facebook group at True Crime Truckers Podcast. Thanks for listening. I will return in two weeks with another case to present. Until then, stay safe.